Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Backwood Sports Podcast. It is the 10th of March, and we are out here just kicking it after an absolutely insane, and I really mean insane, last couple days in the NFL. Oh, man, shots have been popping off, and we all knew the one thing that had to drop first, and that was the Aaron Rodgers news going back to the Packers. Sorry, Jay and all you motherfuckers, but I called that shit. I said he was going back if he wasn't going to Denver. And here we are today. He is back with the pack, and they're ready to go back on an attack, Dan. So how do you feel about that, man? I'm welcome you on it. It's worth a little more than a dime, I'll say that. Yeah, right, for <laughs> sure, man. He's the prettiest dime around. Ain't that true? Yeah, good for Rodgers, doing what he wants. Uh, it seems like he got exactly what he wanted. I was a little surprised going from, you know, considering retirement to a four-year deal. But thank you. Well, hey, the other thing, too, out there as well, I don't want to step on your toes or nothing, but, I mean, Pat McAfee did say that there is no details as of now as to what is out there. Technically, as of now, there is no years. There is no money. But, you know, Pelissero with the arrow and a couple other boys want to think otherwise with the four-year, was it 200, 250, something like that? Actually, Aaron Rodgers said himself that that wasn't accurate. Yeah, no, that's what I mean, because if anyone saw, and, you know, I'm a big follower here of the Pat McAfee show, if anybody saw, some people making fun of him, some not, I love his style, man, he was shooting right out there, he was saying his source, as said, which he then leaked, you know, 10 seconds later, Aaron Rodgers calling him that morning, says, there's no details yet, because all he did was make a decision on, I want to be with the Pat. Exactly. So... We'll see how it goes. I'm hope. I mean, as anything with an old quarterback like that, Tom Brady, a lot of these guys, I always say it's gonna be a backloaded deal. They're gonna find some way to massage that cap and get it the way that they can, you know, tag Devontae Adams back for 18 million like they did yesterday. We saw that coming as soon as the contract. Oh yeah, definitely. All those Raiders rumors now. The next three years with Rodgers there, though, who knows what's gonna happen to Adams. That's true, though. And with the two running backs, like, dude, they just have way too much of a squad for him to, like, even if he was seriously thinking of leaving, I think that's what reeled them back, is they have such a squad to go. They got Alexander, which now, if they massage Cap well with this contract, can probably bring him back. Maybe how he's well, so good, though. How well can you help the Cap of a $200 million but what if it's not that? It's not yet. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we'll be honest, though. It's not to be AJ Hawk out there yeah, putting out. Like why well, would it be signs four years, two mil? It shows everybody up. <laughs> but we have. Dude, the they'd right. have every player in free agency. I'm telling you if that happened. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. The Bucks, right? The Bucks. I'm going to call it now, though. 15 mil a year, and then they backload it. That's going to get them two, three dudes in free agency right now off the bat. And they're already a contender. And truthfully, with Russ leaving, I mean, I know the Seahawks were terrible last year, but with Russ leaving, all these quarterbacks kind of being, you know, eh, pretty good, but not like serious elite like I think Aaron Rodgers is. I think the Packers have their best chance this year to go make that run. I agree. I think the Packers and the Rams are going to run the NFC. Oh, yeah. He's Definitely sure. Like I don't think there's anyone else that's. No, I mean, and I honestly. There's always going to be a team that comes close, but I mean, if you're just thinking right away, like it's just those two teams and those two clear cuts. Yeah, no, it's just tough, though, because I sit there and I'm thinking, like, you know, there could be some other teams and they might squeak in there, but it's like when we talk about the NBA. There's the Bulls, there's the Grizz, there's all these teams that, you know, they look all sexy and hot. Yeah, right? But the 
end of the day, we know they're probably going to drop in the second round or something. Like, they're just going to go to the wayside because there's a team with way more veteran presence and just, you know, the know-all and everything in the playoffs on how to play that game. Because it is different at the end of the day. But we won't stay too long on that because, you know, everybody loves Aaron Rodgers and we talked about him probably 24 goddamn seven. But we also had that news just a little later in the day, a couple hours after, you know, old Russell Wilson there busting his way over to the Rocky Mountains in Denver, man. Or, uh, what is it? Russell Wilson and a fourth round of Denver. The Seahawks get Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, a D-tackle. Uh, they got Noah Fant, which I think is a really good pickup. Two first rounds, 22-23, pick number nine of this year. A second round this year, pick 40, and 2023 second round. And lastly, the fifth round of 23, or 22, sorry. That's a hell of a lot in the trade. It was a big trade. Big trade, but he's a big man. So he deserves and, well, and warrants a big trade. Um, see a lot of people online, and especially even NFL players themselves saying, whoa. Seahawks won this shit. Do you agree with that? Because I say the Broncos win it now, but in the end, both teams are are literally prepped for the future. Yeah, I see both sides. I mean, Denver got the guy uh, needed at quarterback. I mean, what they ran through like ten quarterbacks, so we're all wearing the dunce cap. <laughs> Basically, dude, Paxton Lynch getting the twelfth twelfth uh, round pick over here in the USFL a couple weeks yeah. ago. So shows you where their drafting's been at. So they might have got their best quarterbacks beaten. I'm gonna be honest with you. Basically, but like you said, Seattle thinks they got. I mean, they got a lot back. They set themselves up for the future. Like you're saying, sure. I totally agree. Seattle, they think they got the great return. They think they won the trade. For the far, a famous Mark Twain quote: "The Nile ain't just a river." Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't agree. I think I think Denver came out with that win. However, oh, definitely. I mean, for, especially for the here and now, like the here and now. And go, go with going with that though. Yeah. That being said, Denver no longer a joke. But they got a tough division. I don't think Kansas City is great at all. That's a tough one, man, because, like, I say it now. Kansas City is not the same team. They're not the same domination. We're going to come in and drop 40 on you, 30-40 every game. That's not them. Tyron Matthew now testing free agency. I mean, I think he'll go back. And it's such a Super Bowl contending team every year that why wouldn't he want to? And especially being the, one of the best safeties in the NFL, you should want to go back. Um what team are you going to go to that's really going to make that big of a difference? Uh, that's how I look at it. But we look over here on the offensive side for those Broncos. I mean, I've always talked about it in the last couple of years. That defense is loaded. They went and got Justin Simmons out of BC. That dude is flying around every damn game, picking off what he can. They got Pastor Tan over there, killing it, bro, in his first year, let alone the second year. And he's going to be practicing against Russ? Man, this is going to get wild, like wild real fast. But that offense, bro, Russell at quarterback, Javante Williams at running back, and yeah, maybe you got rid of Noah Fant, but you got two big boys at receiver and Judy and uh, Cortland Sutton. Sutton, I swear you could slap him on in the middle there in some place. He might not block as well, but he do a little dirty work. And you got Tim Patrick there. So, and Tim Patrick, honestly, as much as he's been a safety blanket for these shit quarterbacks that have rolled through for years and years, Imagine him with Russell Wilson, man. He's really going to be the absolute overall safety blanket. Anytime those two big boys are covered or injured, he's going to come out and show out. I guarantee you five catches or more every single game. Maybe 50 yards at the minimum. You think for Wilson, too, he's going to come out the gates firing on all cylinders, doing really well. How do you think he's going to do this coming season? 
it's tough. It, honestly, it's going to depend on who they play first. If they're play, if, if they go right in, they're playing a tough division foe. Who knows? But I mean, Russell has showed over the years. It basically doesn't matter who you put in front of him; he's going to dice him up. And because he is really that kind of quarterback, where he's last year he struggled. He did, but what did he have either? And how many guys were hurt and in and out in the line? And, and he was like making magician plays, running around, sprinting in the pocket, doing circles. And yeah, but I think he got hurt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. After his surgery, I think he didn't perform as well. Like, don't, don't even worry about the people on the field with him. Like, obviously, that's true factor, too. But before and after the surgery, the same people on the field, he played worse. I mean, he definitely played worse after the surgery. To a point, but you look at it too this way. He was playing most of his division in the back end of that year, and they had a terrible record. So they knew, like, it's just how I look at it with any team. When you're, if, even if you have a great quarterback, when you're getting to that back half and you know that this isn't the year you're making the run, it's not to say the guys don't care, but there's just a, a thing to it. Like, they're not, maybe they're not working out as hard because they're not as into it. They're not film studying as much, and they're, they're not practicing as hard, which, I'm sorry, your practice prep needs a million percent of the game. No matter what, I don't come in on fucking Allen Iverson shit. <laughs> That's not fucking basketball. Oh, it's too heavy, man. Big boy football here, 11 on 11. Everybody at one time clashing, right. you know? But, and, you know, kicking it back here to the Broncos side, too, that's where I see such a rejuvenation in this roster. You look at it, it's like all they needed was Russ. And you even saw with Jerry Judy himself on Instagram the other day, he's, oh, we didn't get Aaron Rodgers. And then, oh, we got Russell Wilson. He's all happy. And it's like, they, you know, that right there is going to create the nucleus that, you know, maybe they'll stay an extra hour, two hours in the facility. And and it's maybe it's not exactly because of Russ, but, I mean, that's what I think. It, if Russ is in the building, that's a championship-winning quarterback, everyone's going to dive in that much more. And even if it's not much more, it's enough that everyone together is going to make that effort, and it's, and it's going to be more of a cohesive and more chemistry and all that. Like, it just it's going to lead to some shit, I can tell you that now. And I'm going to say it. Book them for 10 wins at minimum. Division division or not, I don't think the division end matters. And the Raiders, fucking clowns. <laughs> going back to clown town there. I think Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels might be out of a job in a year again. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> fucking real, man. He is literally in the worst. He's in a worse position than when he went to the Broncos the first time. This division is so freaking stacked, dude. Like, they're, they're going to kill gonna him. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a fun one to watch, for sure. Oh, you know, people that think Derek's a goat over there. He was for a time. He's, he's going to be out in the moat. That's where he's going to be. Yeah, right. Maybe we still have some receivers around him and shit it work out. But, um, but I, I don't want to stay too long enough. I do want to go back to the other possibility of, you know, Bob Miller been talking about it since the media days at the Super Bowl, talking about how much he loves Denver and those you know, Rocky Mountains and everything, the people the city, everything about it, and he never sold that house. So I'm going to say right now, and he said it the other day on social media, he wants to return if there is a want. I think that want's been there since the day they traded him, honestly. And truthfully, even if he's not the same absolute animal, third down pass rusher, you're going to have a real issue dealing with his ass. Yeah. That's for sure. Why not come back? No, why not, dude? You got the quarterback now. You got literally every reason to be there. You have – I wouldn't say the most best defense. I mean, it really does suck they got rid of Shelby Harris. He was a good player. But most, mostly what I say is linemen can be replaced for the most part. And with this draft coming up, 
there's some good linemen, so we'll see how they go. I know they're later in the draft, but you can always find some little sleepers in there and stuff. So we'll see how it goes for them. But I can tell you one thing. I think Tyler Locke and DK Metcalf may be uh, – they're out of there. Yeah, thinking about getting out of there. <laughs> Easily. I would be surprised one bit if, if, they, if they get treated or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I think Lockett more than anything. Metcalf will have to wait a little bit. But, I mean, but who says, like I said before, they, they don't take those picks and spin around for another quarterback. A guy that's worth it, even if it's Jimmy G. They do need one. Yeah, <laughs> like Jimmy G. I mean, fuck, you got Drew Locke over there. That's a lot for some four wins. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting up to the draft if we got a handful of quarterbacks that are still rumored to be on teams next year. Oh yeah, definitely. And now we got Mark Willis over there uh, projected to go two to the Lions. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, if whether it's a real projection or whether it's just so a Jerry, hype thing. So Jerry Goff might get traded on draft night too. Or True, man. They, I mean, I've said before. There's too many quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Maybe not 100% starting quality, but are definitely can start for a team that needs something at least. So I think, with, especially we saw with Carson Wentz, they always do get tossed around. There's a there's a need, man. There's a need for some, some quarterbacks. Yeah, it's funny <laughs> seeing uh, you traded your quarterback. It's like a, a domino. Not a domino, but it's a little carousel. Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, there's always leaving at least one team without the quarterback. And it's just... Yep. Wait till you find that guy because now we got like Wentz, Carr, Watson, maybe yep. Darnold. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe, uh, especially especially oh. Watson. But I mean, Darnold, I said last year with the Panthers, he's a hell of a good quarterback. It's just you got to give him the time to be able to do the improvisation that he likes to do at times. And I mean, with the Jets, I'm sorry, get drafted there. You know, your first year is over. So, <laughs> so the best thing was getting his ass out of there as quick as possible. And, you know, I mean, New York media, they they're rough and tough. They try to be like everyone else, you know, boss and stuff like that. But y'all got no winning records, so you should probably calm down and understand you're going to suck. <laughs> I put it that way. But we will kick it over here next. We are speaking before, you know. We got a little uh, commander action here. We are the commanders. We suck ass and it'll never change. The commanders go out and get Carson Wentz yesterday off those damn Indianapolis Colts, man. They went to that uh, combine and probably scooped them up, said, come on now, Carson, come for a ride with us, and hopefully we don't break your leg. <laughs> How do you like that? Well. You know, my first question was, is, is Frank Reich included in that trade? Right? Seriously, <laughs> like that, that is a mover right there because that's the whole reason he came to Indy. And obviously we talked about before and how those, you know, vigorous talks the night of that loss to the Jags and the last week of the season uh, pissed off whatever it was, Ursay coming in and blasting the door down from what it seems like. How can he bring in the quarterback that he had wanted and then ship him out just as fast? And, and, and Wright's okay with it? Who are they going to bring in that's going to perform better than Wentz did last year? I'll be honest. Wentz had whatever, how many picks it was. He should have had to triple the amount of picks with how loose he was playing. I've always said it, and when the when he was first playing with the Eagles, he played very sound football. Nowadays, he's such an improv guy. He's and, always been improv. I mean, he's been improv. And, and the other thing, too, Pat always says on his show, he's rough and tough. You know, <laughs> broke both his ankles in one play against Aaron Donald last year. He's still playing and stuff. But here's the thing, though. There's a thing to being rough and tough, and this is what I always said about Gronkowski back in the day. Love Rob Gronkowski. Shout out, big man over there. But there's a point to playing rough and tough, and there's a point to going down or doing what you need to do to save your body. And it seems like Carson Wentz, even through the injuries he's had, multiple life-altering injuries has not changed. And that's 
I think why they made two. Yeah, you know. And to the Commanders, it's only three. That's true. Yeah. So the NFC East would be great with the Eagles and Commanders playing each other with Hurts yep. and Wentz, but yeah, like that would be that would be a fun matchup. Yeah, Wentz has always been kind of that guy just going his what, six five body out there. Yep. Uh, just sacrificing his body to get an extra yard. Or, you know, oh yeah, and he's a hell of a player when it comes to it. That, but, I think that's what changes the game for him as a starter. Uh, definitely, that's a separation. But with that comes the wear and tear on your body, the injuries. You know, you got to make sure you have a great backup shot, Nick Foles. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we got. We'll see how the Commanders handle it. Um, I think yeah. I think him and Terry are going to do well together too. I definitely think they will, but they got to pay that extra twenty eight million left in that contract. Yeah, they got. Yeah, they already got shit falling out of the stadium there in the fight, So. Yeah. So if I get a little worse, before it gets better. I'll say that. Yeah, but, yeah and Wentz actually getting a like a five mil bonus at the end of at, at the end of the week, I think. Yeah. Which is included in the twenty eight yeah. contract, but yeah. So interesting to see. Yeah, and it was Wentz a second round, and obviously, like I said, they paid the twenty eight, and then the Colts got a second round of twenty two, third round of twenty two, which can become a second round if Wentz again, like the thing with the Eagles, plays seventy percent of the snaps, and then a second round pick from. Uh, 2023 as well. So, considering what the Colts gave up to get Wentz, why it still seems like it's a decent amount to give up. And then to have the percentage snaps in there, like, yeah. yeah. But I would have taken the two second rounds, honestly. Two second rounds are like a fourth or a fifth. That's basically, like, like, what is he worth? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously the Colts don't think he's worth anything if they're costing him like this. Yeah. And for them to take him on and then pay his contract, like, they really don't care about what they're doing financially. That's just, I mean, but, hey, the, the wife took over now from Dan Snyder, so maybe she'll make some better business moves. And whether they win or not, who knows if they at least get out of the red, you know, red sea if they've been in the name and everything. So. They can't do that in one year now, but. No, definitely not. But it's, it's going to be a ride, I'll say that much. And. Uh, I'm hoping that Chase Young and some of those other young boys on that team ain't going to waste away their careers sitting over there. Because they do have talent. And damn, do I feel bad for Taylor Hunt. We'll say that. Man, it's been all the time. Yeah, maybe he'll be, I mean, they'll probably want to give him the backup. Definitely. I mean, he, I don't know, he, man, he, is, he start at. I'm going to say right now, he's probably the most solid backup in the NFL. Yeah. He's a guy that'll come in. I don't even care if you're down three touchdowns. He's going to nut up, and he's going to throw that damn rock. And he's going to produce on the field as a backup, which most guys will come in and a lot of handoffs to get him comfortable enough to then throw the ball. That dude played one if he throw the ball. He showed it against Brady two years ago in the playoffs. He went, what, 40-something passes, dove in the end zone, separated his shoulder with a touchdown. Like, he does not care. He will do whatever it takes. And that's sometimes what you need, especially in a commander. Yeah, <laughs> that, guy will, that guy will tear an ACL and stay in the game throw it. Game winning touchdown for you. Seriously, man. But I mean, we'll see how it goes, but we don't want to spend too much time on that because I mean, they are the commanders and they suck. So I don't think much is going to change. And no matter what a uh, two breaking leg Carson Wentz can do there, they'd probably be the same old sad story playing over there. You know? So new season, new name, same old shit. <laughs> but we will jump over here though. Next, uh, we got uh, what is it there? Jordan Hicks. Yeah, saving those Cardinals, the 6.5 mil on the cap there, getting a cut out and going to free agency. We'll see what happens to him. He's still a pretty good linebacker being in that inside spot. Um, I think he'd be vital for even a contender, honestly. 
I think he'll be good wherever he goes. He's still pretty good in coverage. I think the main reason why they cut him is because they have so many young linebackers. Yeah, you need to get those snaps in the other future. For sure, so, dude. And they'll take they'll take a little off the beginning of the year to get those guys, you know, situated and really you know, running and gunning. Especially you got Chandler Jones in the edge. He's going to get home a lot of plays. We saw it was like five sacks the first game last year against Taylor Lewan and those Titans. I know all those fans are calling for Taylor's head, trying to get him off the bus with the boys. But, I mean, he came back around and played well. But speaking of those Titans, though, and well, first I'll mention, I'm calling right now. It's not a full definite. I'm going to just say Jordan Hicks to the Packers. They need some help. I did see they got rid of their little linebacker the other day, too. So I'm thinking that's going to be a something decent. But we'll move over on here to the Titans. And uh, the big BC boy one shot out there, Harold Landry. I think the third uh, linebacker over on the Titans getting a five-year, $87.5 million deal. You know, a crisp little uh, penny over there doing what he does. And he's a hell of a linebacker. Him and J.R. Brown slamming those goddamn guys in the run game and in the past. I think those two linebackers are the most dynamic duo linebackers in the NFL together, honestly. Very good case for it. Hell yeah, dude. And it sucks because I love Darius Leonard over there on the Colts, and he is no far none the best linebacker in the NFL right now. But Aaron Landry and Jalen Brown together, that is a hard thing to mess with, wrong game or not. And you, you I mean, I know they don't go that hard in practice, but they do go against Derrick Henry. So <laughs> they got to be ready. <laughs> and no one's going to be as big as him. So it's one of those things. But I will mention, too, we saw they didn't tag him, couldn't come to a long term, or longer term, should I say, deal. But Mike Williams and the Chargers getting a three for 60 minutes. I call him a deep threat. I don't mean to be mean. I call him a deep threat, though. He's done some dicing up in between. But you think he's worth it for that time? Is he worth it? Um, I think they I can think spend that on defense and win. I think for what he gives you, it's worth it. I mean, he got the bag. Let's not get this wrong. He definitely got the bag. Pocket. But. Yeah. You're saying, oh, he's just he's more just downfield. He's not as versatile as some other guys. At the same time, whether that be true or not, just what he does on the field, he gets you your points, he gets you your yards. You got you got him. He, he deserved it, I think. So I think it's a big one. Yeah, no, he, I, I definitely think it's a good contract. But I mean, it's I guess it's just the inflation thing nowadays. Everybody's getting these exactly. big deals, and, and we kind of look at it like, oh, like five years ago's contract, we're like shit, that's huge. But then we think now, and it's like, well, it's kind of chump change. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like average, I guess. Yeah. But cap goes up every year. Same for NBA. When I'm thinking, oh, yep. that's a almost forty for max contract. I'm thinking five years ago, max contract was twenty five million. Yeah, exactly, dude. Now it's just through the fucking roof. Yeah. Like, So, I mean, hey, they're man, helping the team make the bag. Team gives a little bit of the bag back, right? So, they got to do it. But speaking of the bag and somebody that's going to be the number one corner on the market officially now as of the other day and not signing a franchise tag with my New England Patriots, that's J.C. Jackson. Man, I'm going to miss you, but I'll tell you one thing. Ain't nobody in New England going to be kissing you because for real and for honestly – Every time the Patriots have a big-time cornerback, Stephon Gilmore, any of these other guys rolling on through, we had Revis, whatnot, they find a way to make it work every damn time. And they may not be the best guy in the first year, might be a little bit rough, like I think this year may be, 
book this. Uh, I'd say book the Patriots for under 10 wins. I honestly think the AFC got too tough now. Um, hopefully it doesn't hurt Max development. But, yeah, man, J.C. Jackson is going to get way too much of a bag. I, I, it's one of those things you know Belichick was not going to bring him back. Exactly. I, I was going to say, I think it's more the Pats weren't willing to bring him back. They didn't want to attack. They didn't want to throw money at home. Yep. They're at the point where they need to save money for the future. And sure. I agree but I think that they, I mean, it, whether or not they're going to win 10 games or less, I think they should just tank anyways, get a top 10. So a lot of people are saying right now, and is this a, not to say tank, but is this a makeshift way of them, you know, when talk about massaging the cap, massaging your record, making sure you're kind of in the middle. I mean, maybe not terrible, but everyone says, oh, it was so awful with Cam Newton seeing a 7-9 season, and it's like, I mean, there's a lot of ups. There, yeah, there's some downs, a lot of downs at times, and terrible fucking ending uh, drives. But you got to expect it. And for the development of Mac, like, it's not that they're going to go in there. I mean, unless they draft the guy and he comes out right off like Jamar Chase last year, which I do not expect. They just don't draft that high with receivers or anyone on offense, really, except for tackles. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't see them going out and getting this big dude, um, Omari Cooper, not. Nah. They're not going to spend that money. There's, no, I see no chance in hell they spend that money. Um, yeah. So I just look at it as they're going to build up on defense this year. Next year, see them put into that offense more. Maybe, maybe they'll get a guy or two this year, but it's not going to be world-changing. And they're going to – my way to put it – it should be, but my way to put it, they're going to make Mac make those leaps in his career more by himself. And, and if he's got to struggle, he's got to struggle. They're not just going to give him what he needs right off the bat. So then if, you know, some guy decides he's unhappy and leaves up after a year or two, then what happens to Mac then? Well, he, he got the echelon. He went up because of these great talents. Then he lost one or two of them, and, and now he goes down because it was them that was really aiding him. Yeah. He's got to get there first. So I think that's what they're trying to show people without, you know, exactly saying it. That's how I put it. But we will roll over here next into – the eight people that did get tagged this year. And I think there's some pretty big names. There's some guys that, you know, some of them we kind of, I question whether I thought they were going to keep around. But first one up here on the Chiefs, there's Orlando Brown. They got him from the Ravens last year. Big old tag on him for 16 mil comeback. That's huge to keep Pat Mahomes upright. And, uh, you know, the, the team just winning, honestly. I, mean, I know they weren't as great this year, but definitely a big move. Uh, Mike Gusecki over there in the Dolphins, that guy is just a load. He's getting 10 million. That's going to be a hell of a job. More close to 11. Same thing with David and Joku. That's the big question mark to me. They've been so up and down with him. And I know he had drop issues early in his career, but he has been a lot more solidified. But they still have Austin Hooper there. They got from the you know Falcons two years ago. So they like the two tight end set, but they don't run it as often as you think, saying they like it as much as they do. And now we're not sure who's going to run their offense. Brown said that. I mean, I'll tell you now, I like Baker. He is a starter. He's borderline to me at times, but he's a guy, like I said about Tyler Heineke earlier, he's got more moxie than half the fucking quarterbacks putting the one in the entire league. I'll take that every day over most of the guys that you'll probably filter through. Like, he's no better or worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. Honest to God, I really don't see it any differently. Jimmy Garoppolo would go over to the 49ers and do game near exactly what he did there. I really honestly believe that. Yeah, to the Browns. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, 
him going over Baker going over Baker. to the, the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. Could he have probably gotten to the Super Bowl with that offense when they're in that time? He had a stack. Like the line, everything was so damn stacked. And with Debo and stuff and all the all the pieces being able to move around as, as fluid as they are, I think they're fine. But honestly, I'm booking Baker back there. I don't think there's going to be a problem. But do they bring in another guy in case of an injury again and stuff? You have to, you have to handicap yourself in that situation. Well, we move over next year, too. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl losing team there. They're still mad about their kicker missing the app time there, sitting out watching it. Um, but Jesse Bates, the safety for the Bengals, he's coming on back on a 12 mil tag. That one I like a lot. I think he's a hell of a safety. He's a good guy. It's going to be able to do some work in there. You know, Bucks also not being able to reach a long term with Chris Godwin, so they're slapping that tag on him, bringing him back as well. Now, uh, Dalton Schultz over there on the Cowboys, hell of a year last year, getting tagged as well for 11 mil. I think, honestly, what else are they going to do? I mean, it, there is tight ends over there in the draft they could get. There's some guys around the league that are seconds that should be firsts, but you're going to give up more for that and end up paying more in the end anyway. He's a pretty damn good guy. He solidified to me. Uh, Cam Robinson, the tackle over there in the Jags, that's a big thing on holding up good old Trevor Lawrence there. But, I mean, uh, what are you holding up if you ain't got no record to show? So, we'll see how that goes. And then, like we said earlier, Devontae being that last tag with the 18 mil, that's, to me – who do you think on this list is the biggest difference maker out of all the tags? I gotta go with Devontae, I guess. Yeah. I think he I'm sure him and Rogers were in communication the whole time. I think oh, they, damn oh you also hear they'll tag you we'll do this that. Yeah. I mean without Adams there, Green Bay, I mean obviously this look good, but do you think do you think Adams is a difference maker? Like Not a question. Yeah. I don't know why I paused that long. <laughs> not a fucking question, yeah, man. Imagine if not go to like Green Bay, are they like still favoring Rodgers and Green Bay? And, no, because they have no – it's not to be mean. They have no – yeah, Paul the Scandler. They got no other receivers, real true yeah. down-home receivers. And it's why, like I said with the Aaron Rodgers thing, with the size and the captain, what they're doing, book another receiver to come in that franchise. I don't care who it is. It's probably going to be a slot guy, a little slot guy, but – it's going to be somebody that's going to be a certain difference maker to those situations where they do. I mean, it's very rare, but when they do have games where Devontae's getting kind of covered a little easily, not many teams are going to do it, but you get up in those. I mean, honestly, I see it as one game in the entire year, and it's probably going to be the NFC Championship game, Packers, Rams. And it's going to be Jalen Ramsey locking him down. And that's the game. They're going to pay that one receiver basically the bag or whatever they're going to pay him for that one game. Because any other game, Devontae Adams is going to run a train on any other team they play. No, no question. Yep. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the only other guy, honestly, I see on that list that's realistically going to make a difference is Orlando Brown. And it's just for the reason to keep him pat up, right? Because they had such issues the year before when they didn't have a game. Such a revolving door before. And it's not to say Orlando Brown's perfect. I'll say now, he is not his father. His father was, I think, double the player. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a hell of a guy. Wasted his career for the most part on the Browns and went to the Ravens after. But that's how it goes, and I, I think uh, it's going to be a hell of a ride this year. Definitely um, booking the Packers or make a whole trip to the Super Bowl this year. Maybe just get that dub. But quick news here as well. We wanted to mention uh, 
know, don't know what you think about it, but I heard there's some little Giants front here. You know, Mitch Trubisky's been tossed around with a bunch of teams. I think the Steelers could be a possibility. But everyone's saying, you know, from executives around the league, different people and staff, 10 million years about what he's going to get right now because they say there's not many quarterbacks out there. I, I kind of think there's some quarterbacks out there. Oh, quarterbacks out there. But hey, sure. leave it up to the Giants to be clueless and uh, make some stupid decisions. I mean, they are. I mean, hey, they team. wanted to keep Daniel Jones in the first place. I thought that was bullshit. I mean, that's what they said. Who knows? I mean, he hasn't really shown too much besides I can run and trip on my face for 90 yards. But that's what happens when you're a giant. Yeah, I think, yeah, they said Eric Everett can't get off that team, but people can Yeah. I mean, there, were, they were like, oh, we're going to get rid of Saquon. That was Oh, yeah, there's no way. You get rid of him and you don't have any more jerseys, so. <laughs> like, for real, you're going to be so irrelevant, it's not even funny. Yeah, so they're going to the start. But. Yeah, they'll be competing with the Jets for how bad you can be, basically, that point. But, and then we move over here next, though, dude. Brian Flores, hey, Dolphins over here trying to make a civil case out of this, you know, take not take it to court, do what they can to just sweep this thing under the rug like most NFL situations. Um Brian Flores is a big old hell out of that shit, and he wants to take this into a full-blown court case, man. I love the idea of it. I hope he takes these sleaze balls, all these little screwballs to the goddamn court and packs them up on the damn wall and lets them, you know, really be seen for who they are because there's too much goddamn bullshit in these leagues at times. Uh, MLB, I think you're being found out pretty well right now, Rob Manfred, all you little suckers over there. I think stuff's about to be, uh, you know, talk about all this massage, and I think, I think the league's about to get changed a little bit. And it's from, it's not to be mean, but it's from this one man right here who's willing to stand up. And now I'm so happy to say I don't care what team he's on. I'm happy he's, he got a job with the Pittsburgh Steelers because he's. I guess he had went to uh, Tomlin to ask him for advice, whatnot. A week or two later, he goes and boom, hires him on. He needed a job, and he got his job. But he also needed to be accepted back in the league while this is going on. Because if he wasn't, he would be blackballed forever. I don't think he ever would have got a job again. And still, may never happen. So maybe the Steelers is the best place for him. That's, how, that's just how I feel about it. I, the NFL blackballs people for less, man. So I just I see it that way. And talking about blackballing and all the bullshit that goes on in the NFL. I know uh, we talk about it here in the show here and there. They toss out some lines and some wild odds and whatnot, but Calvin Ridley, the boss receiver that these Falcons have been trying to shop for how long now, busted for gambling last year. I mean, hell, hey, I'll say one thing, he picked the right goddamn week, man. He bet on those Falcons against the Jags. That was probably the most safe thing you could have bet, besides it being a parlay, and I guess it was a couple of them. Spent 15000 to try to make what he could. Huh? Oh, yeah, sorry, 1500 spent 1500 trying to make what he could and everything. He's now suspended for a year for gambling. For, I won't say it's the worst rules because you need to have, you know, some, uh, some continuity of the game. You got to have people, you know, on the same page. You can't have people doing stuff that's wild and that's going to, you know, screw up the integrity of the game. But we'll be honest here. I forget her name right now. And uh, I think it was our first take I saw before and I posted up on the Instagram if anybody had seen it, but Calvin Ridley the whole year for gambling, Josh Gordon, you know, every goddamn time he touches a damn freaking joint, he's out for a year and all these other people for all these minimal offenses is what I'll call them. Domestic violence, like two games, four yeah, games. But that's what I'm saying. There's these downright laughable offenses that are a year 
indefinitely. And, and how many times? I'm sorry, but fucking indefinitely is bullshit in the NFL. There's other leagues that are serious about indefinitely. Exactly. There's no such thing as indefinite when you get reinstated, and, and that's in more or less Josh Gordon's case the most. He's out indefinitely, and then what is indefinitely a year for you guys at this point? Because indefinitely, and then the next season you get a quarter way to the offseason, and Josh Gordon is back on track. And, and then he smokes weed week three, and he's back out of the league. Same thing happened. You're a fucking joke, NFL, at this point. It just is. Same thing in the NBA. Kyrie Devin's Kings player. He's yep. out indefinitely on his drug policy and all that. And guess yep. what? He was eligible to play this year. Yep. Just recently, actually. And that was what? Wasn't he? He's out for a little bit, right? He was out a long time. I thought I was going to say, it was definitely know, some years. Ranks, I know, so, but. I mean, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, damn, like, unless you're like, Moving fucking weight in drugs, dude. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Seriously, OJ Mayo. Let's spread that mayo out there. But well, I'm jumping over here now. It's like, to be honest though, like there's laughable bullshit like that, and then there's heinous fucking crimes. And I'm talking to heinous crimes. We got Des Bryant, 2012, beating his mom. Nothing happens. Everything's dropped. Ray Rice, 2014, two games initially. For beating his wife unconscious, for, and what everybody—I mean, that was one of the one cases that everyone in the world got to see what happened. Yeah, and that's the—I'm telling you now—the only reason everything changed and he never came back. That's the only reason. Oh, definitely. Then we have Adrian Peterson. He gets six games for beating his child with what they call a switch. And I, I remember them diving in the situation with him talking about having a beating her, a full-on beating her. I mean, how? It's you It's Beat his girlfriend. We got Greg Hardy tossing the chick on top of guns, beating her up. He gets 10 games. Then he appeals it to get four games. Never gets convicted of anything because she dropped the charges. <laughs> Wonder why. We have Josh Brown, probably the, one of the most insane to me. I know maybe not the most heinous, but still pretty damn bad in the domestic violence side. You know, absolutely beating the crap out of his wife how many times? 2015 and years before. Gets a one game suspension and then on top of that uh everything's dropped within days hmm, wonder why yet again and then guess what happens he uh gets released by the giants when it happens again and then when he releases his statement well actually that was when they released him was when he released a statement it was a full-on letter saying yes i did it so until he full out came out to the public that he did it the giants were willing to keep him on in one game suspension then, when he's a free agent and never came back, the NFL suspended him six games. So, you got that. Then you got Zeke Elliott, six games for beating a woman. Reuben Foster with all this stuff. But his thing, having two crimes, never getting convicted. Going from, you know, the, what was it, the 49ers end to the Redskins, and then finally getting dropped. Or, sorry, yeah, Redskins. We got Tyreek Hill with his kids the other year. You know, obviously not finished with Deshaun Watson, whatever's going on with that. And how quiet it is. That, uh, the only reason I mentioned Sean Watson, it's not to hate on him since we don't know, but the NFL is always real good at staying real fucking quiet. Robert Kraft. <laughs> Robert Kraft. Yeah, I love the Patriots. Yeah, Robert Kraft. Hey, hey shout out Robert Kraft and the new marriage. Hell of a job. What were you doing? Kicking it back to um, Calvin Ridley with the betting. Yeah. So if, just looking at these. Very, very minor suspensions. Yeah. Super consequential actions. Oh, for sure. Pretty quite the opposite. You see, the NFL uh, and FanDuel, yep. they have a partnership. Mm-hmm. So, 
but so you wouldn't think it's too bad, you know? Oh, he's away from the team, you know. He's using NFL enforcement, technically, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're an NFL player, you need to be aware of your rules that are going on. Think about think about alcohol. Mm-hmm. How long is NFL sponsored alcohol Budweiser for? Yep. Right. But they're told no, you can't you can't be associated with this as a player. Yeah. You can't. They, they can't this, sponsor they, with them or anything. You can't do anything with it. You yep. Can't do anything with it. So it's it's just, it's the same thing. No, you exactly, know? and it, it's, it's why. It's a stupid rule, but. It's a stupid rule, but it's for the integrity. But that's where I, my thing is, yes, there's integrity. But, I mean, if we really want to dive into integrity of the NFL, then why the hell are these things that we said last year? Justin Herbert getting called down for a sack when he never even came close to the ground. Russell Wilson being called not a safety when it was literally a safety day in the fucking game. In the same week, literally within 20 minutes of each other, those same games happened. Uh, many other things that we saw last year. That Chargers game that should have an extra win. <laughs> yep, like, like it, and they would have been in the playoffs. There would have been no fucking reason to do none of that bullshit. Oh, yeah, the, the whole time. And that, too, how close that came to being a tie, and then saying, oh, we, just, we were going to tie, but then the time up, oh. There is no integrity. So okay. what the hell are we doing? Like, and, and I agree, like, Calvin Ridley really should get some time, whatever. Kick him out for games. A whole year, eh, I don't know. I don't get it. But then again, like you said before, you know the rules. You should know the rules. Calvin Ridley, man, I know you're probably getting loose with the boys back there. I'm pretty sure he's in Florida back home and whatnot. Maybe some drinks swirling around. Who knows? Get a boogie <laughs> off the damn real books. Don't put your name Or down. maybe just don't go on your phone on FanDuel because they have whatever the whatever the NFL partner with, ghost something or whatever, as soon as an NFL player places a bet, it is literally sent straight, boom, here's the information, boom, to the NFL. So guess what? The NFL, another time, the NFL, stay silent. Yeah. Until, 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 boom, they drop the news that they're going to, they knew this back in November when it happened. The team knew it, not the NFL. The NFL, the NFL knew it. The NFL knew it within days. Because that, that system they have bought into literally sends a note to them as soon as yeah, a bet is placed by a player. The system, yeah. So they've known forever. Name, yeah, once they see a player's name pop up, they send I think that just happened recently. The team knew about betting back in November. The NFL had no idea. I don't know personally, but what I, from everything I heard, I, I just okay. say it from my source is Pat McAfee show. <laughs> what he was saying the other day is basically that that thing sends straight onto the NFL. It doesn't go through anyone else. It goes not even the team. It just goes boom. That ghost, whatever program, you know, monitoring system for the players goes boom from they place a bet and it sends every bit of that information straight to the NFL. So you think like, the NFL off. intentionally ignored this for four months? Yes, a thousand percent. Because what it would have met, what would have mattered if they released it before as opposed to now? If they're going to hold a year over like, year to year, yeah. so, so what does it matter? They so why, why wait? Because there's dead airspace in the NFL. Well, yeah. not, there, there is, well, there is, oh, I get that, but there, there, the quarterback carousel, it, it's a lot of, yeah, like Aaron Rodgers, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fucking smoke, and there's no fire. So they drop this news before all that, get things going, and I don't know. I, I just look at it that way. It's one of those things I think they kind of held on to, and especially if you're the Falcons. I mean, I'm not saying owners have to be the most integrity-filled people, but. I would at least want to get out in front of this in the beginning and at least toss it out there right away. I mean, hell, the guy had enough things with, and I'm not joking about all the mental health issues last year, him actually taking his time off when this did happen. Would have been nice to get some old games out of the way back half the year. <laughs> We're not even doing nothing. My question to Calvin is, 
why you only spend up to fifteen hundred in wagers? If you're gonna do it, go all out. Put some, well. You just lost ten million. You gotta figure you're gonna. Now, did he lose ten million? Because what my understanding is is the ten million was the contract he was gonna make. Yeah, he's not making that. He just lost seven million dollars. And he comes back, that motherfucker's gonna make a bag, dude. So I don't. It's still ten million less than what he put in that. That's his money. Yeah. I get it. He hey, hey, just keep gambling this offseason. Nah, you gotta get back some guys. <laughs> right. you know, now you know you're gonna get another. What? If you do it again, probably gonna get one or two, one more year. Yeah. Right. So now you just gotta make sure. Hey, just get healthy. He, he said on his. Put your whole bank on it. I was gonna say he said on his Twitter like I just got a whole year to get healthy, and it's like it's a good way to joke about it because I'm sure. And I'm saying now with the whole mental thing he's going through, I'm sure this plays a massive part in maybe not helping him at all on that side. But man, now you got a year to prepare mentally and prepare physically and everything. Come back healthy. So Calvin Ridley, yo, us on the show, we fucking love you, bro. I mean, if you're gonna come to the Patriots, we are well and open for that shit. We would love it. We need a fucking receiver here, a guy that can run on everything. So you know, think about that before you place the next better. Do no, you want to join your band of boys in Philly? No, no, fuck that. You screw Philly. You don't need <laughs> nothing to that side of that. <laughs> right? But, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's really all we had today for the show. Uh, we just wanted to toss out what we could for you guys. And um, keep a lookout because up next, McGee and I are about to step on back into the studio after we get a little break here and uh, do a little dirty work with a big old bad man called Bad Brad. And that's how I'm going to leave y'all. Because he's a Super Bowl champion. He's coming on in about 10 minutes. So, love y'all. Peace. Hope everybody uh, enjoys the rest of their day. And we'll be back in just a bit.